The following story came from the New York Times. For a few moments, the site could have been confused for a miraculous arrival ahead of the Christmas season. A newborn baby, hours old and full term, appeared within a nativity scene at a Queen's Church on Monday. But the story of how the baby got into the manger inside the Holy Child Jesus Church in the Richmond Hill neighborhood was much more earthly, the police said. A woman seen on video had arrived with the boy wrapped in a towel, his umbilical cord still attached, and departed without him. On Tuesday afternoon, detectives were seeking to speak with the woman who was believed to be the child's mother. Late Monday morning, a custodian, Jose Moran, arranged the empty manger at the front of the church, and then he went to lunch. When he returned, he heard the cries of a baby and discovered the child. The baby, whose name was unknown, was taken to the hospital. Doctors said it appeared that he had been born four or five hours earlier. The parish priest said he could think of no better place to leave a baby. He said he found it inspirational. I think it's beautiful. A church is a home for those in need. And she felt in this stable, a place where Jesus will find his home, a home for her child. A video clip showed the woman with the infant entering a dollar store around the corner from the church. Another video captured her leaving the store with the baby and newly purchased towels swaddling the child. A photo attached to the article showed the mother had chosen purple towels, the color of royalty. A Christmas story for certain. I'm thinking that most of you responding to current cultural and political conditions not to mention the perplexities in your own life, have entered this sanctuary tonight with no small amount of anxiety or anger or fear or confusion. I'm guessing the young mother I, I just reported was well acquainted with those feelings as she entered the church and approached the empty manger with her child. As the story is told 2,000 years earlier, Joseph and Mary shared that experience as well as they came to their manger. Contrary to outward appearances, people are not so very different, you know, in their frailties and vulnerabilities and corruptions. We all have them. And we all brought them in here with us tonight. And I tell you, that's a good thing. It's good to share this truth in humility among friends who've gathered in Bethlehem. In a way, our frailties, vulnerabilities, and corruptions 
our, our gifts to place at the manger where we know we will be received as we are. Mary's child, we say, was a miracle, of course, but then all children are, like the one laid in a manger in Holy Child Jesus Church in Richmond Hill, Queens. His mother went there assuming her need would be met, her child would be received and cared for. We cannot second-guess her circumstance. We can only imagine her desperation. And as we glance around this room tonight, we mustn't second-guess anyone's situation beyond the willingness to simply come to the light. I mean, that's what we're doing, isn't it? Coming to the light. That's the point to the candles tonight that pierce the darkness, making the point over, over again, come to the light. It's a wonderful thing we get to do at this time of year to remember that we are not entire unto ourselves. That there is a God who loves and holds us tenderly and that in our own way we are meant to extend this same generous love to others. Tonight we make the audacious claim that God has taken on the same frail flesh as each of us, that our existence, our humanity, has been dignified by God's condescension. As God, God comes down to us, as it were, we are lifted up. The time story reminded me of a time early in my ministry when a young pregnant woman had come to my office. It was early December. As she spilled out her story, tears welled in her eyes. She had fallen in love, she said. The young man had spoken of commitment, but when he discovered they had conceived a child, he fled, leaving her very alone. Some combination of instinct and in-your-face resolve led her to decide to keep the child. But now, with about a month to go before delivery, she had fallen into a great depression. She had lost hope, she said. Her job was precarious, and anyway, wasn't our culture hostile to children? Wasn't it an impossible task for a single woman of little means to raise an emotionally healthy child? Because of the time of the year, it came to me to remember the story of another young, single, pregnant woman who conceived an infant boy in dangerous days. And though difficult, wasn't the gift of life the harbinger of hope? Did she know the story? Did she remember the story? She said, could we read it? We read together Luke's account of Gabriel's dialogue with Mary, and she stopped me dead when Gabriel said, do not be afraid, Mary. And we considered how frequently fear came stomping through our lives as the great enemy, the great interrupter, the thing that shuts us down.
We acknowledged that she had chosen to follow a potentially difficult path in the pattern of many women for millennia. She would have decisions ahead and hard choices. We named our fears. We prayed for strength and courage and love and grace. She endured and then thrived, as did her child. And 25 years later, I had the privilege of baptizing her grandchild. As Gabriel said to Mary, nothing will be impossible for God.